Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are excited about God's word on this day. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We pray for every listener that they will hear your word and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. As Christians, we eagerly anticipate and await the return of Jesus Christ. The word of God clearly declares that Jesus is coming for his saints. On one glorious day, he will descend from heaven, take his own out of this world, and we will be forever with the Lord. In this new sermon series, we believe as we study 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 18, the Lord will renew our hope and comfort our hearts as we await the imminent return of Jesus Christ. The title of the series is A Great Expectant Hope, and I will be reading in your hearing from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 18. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now let's look at the background of the book of Thessalonians. The author is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church at Thessalonica and he established the church during his second missionary journey. This was one of Paul's earliest writings from Corinth and it's also one of his most important teachings. It has so many prophetic passages about the return and second coming of Jesus Christ. It's also an epistle of encouragement, hope, and comfort. And so in order to understand the context of our lesson scriptures, let's look at the previous chapters and passages. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, in chapter 2, verse 14, and chapter 3, verses 3 and 6, the apostle writes about the sufferings afflictions, and persecution that the saints were enduring. And then we see in each chapter, the Apostle Paul addresses the return of Jesus Christ. In chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, he writes and encourages the saints to wait for God's Son from heaven. 
In chapter 2, verse 19, and chapter 3, verse 13, the Apostle Paul writes about the saints being in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. And then in our lesson text scriptures, in chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, and in chapter 5, verse 23, Paul writes again about the coming of Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul's teachings on the imminent return and second coming of Jesus were so real and so timely. He believed actually that Jesus was coming back in his lifetime. And then when we look more closely at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, we see that the Christians in this passage were grieving the death of their loved ones and they were ignorant in their understanding of Christ's return. They had many questions and concerns. Although there was no document concerning these questions, it was obvious from the biblical text that Paul was writing to answer their questions. They wanted to know, was there any hope for believers or their loved ones who died before the coming of Christ? Did they miss the great event of Christ's return? Will they see their loved ones again? The purpose for Paul writing this letter was to give the Thessalonian saints an expectancy and a hope for the return of Jesus and to encourage them to wait eagerly for this great prophetic event. So when we get to our foundational text, the Apostle Paul addresses their questions and their concerns. The first part of 1 Thessalonians 4.15 states, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Our first observation is the phrase for this means namely, indeed, or verily as the case stands. It also connects the previous sentences and makes good the substance or gives either the reason and cause of the foregoing statements. Here, the Apostle Paul is writing in the first person, plural pronoun, and he includes himself and his companions, Silas and Timothy. These were the men who gave Paul their full support in his ministry. The word say in this text comes from the Greek word lego, and it means to speak, to advise, to direct, or to point out with words. It is used here in the present active tense, so it indicates continual action. The Apostle Paul and his team had a very effective ministry in Thessalonica. And although they had been there for a very short period of time, it is said maybe within a few months, they taught these believers deep spiritual truths concerning the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And when it was all said and done, the apostle and his team were forced to leave Thessalonica very quickly due to the persecution from the non-Christian Jews. The saints, however, even after Paul and his team left, were faithful they were committed and continued to boldly proclaim the gospel. They loved the Apostle Paul and they looked up to him as their spiritual mentor and father in ministry. 
So our verse goes on to say, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord. And our first biblical principle is we have a great expectant hope because of the revelation of God's truth. The word by in this text is literally translated in the Greek original text as the word in. The word itself in this verse comes out of the Greek translation logos, which means a word uttered by a living voice. It also means a decree, a moral precept given by God or the living word of God. The word Lord comes from the Greek translation kurios, and it means master, prince, Messiah, one who is supreme in authority. And another meaning is he to whom a person or thing belongs about which he has power of deciding. Jesus Christ is the logos of God. According to John chapter one, verse one, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. One commentator wrote in Christian theology, the logos or the word is the name given to the pre-existent Christ, the second person of the Trinity. Apostle Ken Giles put it this way. The word of God is doing the speaking. It is the thing spoken and the very act of speaking. The apostle Paul comes to the saints by the word of the Lord, inspired and received by the spirit of the Lord. This is pure revelation from the Lord. He's not coming with his own opinion or his own ideas. He's not coming by word of mouth, hearsay or gossip. The apostle Paul is not speaking from some expert advice that he received or some theory or hypothesis or by any human reasoning or ingenuity. He comes saying what thus saith the Lord. And it was once said in no place does the apostle speak more confidently and positively of his inspiration than here. And we should prepare ourselves to receive some momentous and interesting truth. It is the truth of God's word, what he unveils and unfolds to comfort and encourage the saints. And one thing Paul already knows is that these saints were faithful and they feared the Lord. They took God's word seriously and their walk with Christ seriously. They held on fast to the truth of God's word. These saints knew the word of God was the only source of truth and they trusted the Lord. The apostle Paul was used mightily by God to unfold the truth and he was skilled in handling the truth of God's word. As a matter of fact, he was known and allowed to speak in the synagogues because he was a well-trained teacher. So as new believers, they knew to come to the apostle Paul when they had questions and wanted some answers. And the apostle so beautifully addresses them. And this word speaks to us today. It is so relevant because sometimes we also have questions concerning death 
and the return of Christ. And what about our believing family and friends that have died? What is going to happen to them in the future? Where do we go and who do we turn to for answers concerning the Bible and spiritual matters? Do we seek our spiritual fathers or spiritual mentors who know the truth of God's word and are walking in obedience to the truth? And yes, We are so blessed today because we have the full revelation of the New Testament. The saints, when this epistle was written, they didn't have the New Testament. And yes, we are able to seek answers and search the Holy Scriptures for ourselves. But we will never gain full understanding and revelation of the Scriptures on our own. The Lord gives us fathers in ministry, teachers, and mentors to help us along the way. We need each other. And I'll never forget, as a new believer, I had so many questions. And for the first few years after I got saved, I carpooled to work with an Indian pastor. And the Lord so beautifully placed him in my life at the right time and at the right place. And he just poured and poured God's word into me. And when I was uninformed or ignorant about a certain scripture or passage, Pastor Epen helped me to understand the scriptures. And when he answered my questions, he always backed it up with the word of God. And still till this day, 38 years later, I go to him. He is my spiritual father in ministry. I'll never forget when we talked about end time prophetic events and about the second coming and the return of Jesus Christ. It was so exciting then as it is still exciting now. I enjoy and I love talking and teaching about the return of Jesus. It steers me up on the inside. And even recently, while preparing the series, we were traveling to Louisiana and we stopped at a McDonald's. And I saw one of their employees, a young lady, walking in as I was walking out. And I noticed she was carrying two Bibles. So I said to her, that is so beautiful that you can bring your Bibles to work with you. And she stopped and she tried to tell me about the world coming to an end. And she mentioned some weird, unbiblical, crazy events that would take place. And I just looked at her and said, you know, my sister, don't bother with all that crazy stuff because Jesus is coming back soon. And at any moment, we will be with the Lord. And she looked at me and gave me a bright smile. And she asked, can you give me a hug? And I gave her a big Holy Ghost hug. And my prayer for her is that the Lord will lead her to a Bible teaching church where she can get some solid biblical teaching. Now here in this epistle, the Apostle Paul writes to these new believers and he gives them an accurate, detailed biblical account of Christ's return. He wants them to get an understanding. So he dispels their ignorance concerning prophetic events with the revelation of God's truth. And this revelation, which was once a mystery, even to the Apostle Paul, is now revealed to him. 
And what we know is revelation is progressive. As the Lord gives it to Paul, he conveys it to the saints. The Lord unveils and reveals his word to us little by little. Jesus confirms this in the New Testament. He tells his disciples, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And even in our walk with the Lord, we get revelation of God's truth little by little because the Lord knows what we can bear. And he also knows our skill level at handling his word. The Hebrews writer put it this way in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unacquainted with the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. The Lord knows whether we are on milk or the meat of his word. And it is because of the revelation of the truth of God's word that we have a great expectant hope. Now let's continue in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. The second part of that verse says that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not proceed. In the King James Version, it uses the word prevent those who have fallen asleep. Our second biblical principle in this series is we have a great expectant hope because all believers will see Jesus. Our first observation is the phrase alive and remain is found in our foundational text in verses 15 and 17. The apostle Paul repeats it for emphasis. The word alive comes from the Greek translation zao and it is in the present active tense it simply means to live or breathe or to be among the living. The word remain in this text means to leave over the surviving ones, the remaining ones, or the remnant. The word coming in this text comes from the Greek word parousia, and it means the presence, the arrival, the advent, or the return. The word parousia is used 24 times in the New Testament. It also means the future visible return from heaven of Jesus to raise the dead, hold the last judgment, and set up formally and gloriously the kingdom of God. It is said in another secular Greek writing that we find parousia to mean the coming of a king or noted official. Our eminent soon coming King is King Jesus. He is coming back for us, his church, and he will reign on his throne in his messianic kingdom. All believers who are still physically living on earth and who have not experienced physical death will see the visible return of Jesus Christ. And right now in human history, we are the living remaining ones. 
We are the remnant. We are the ones anointed and appointed and called at such a time as this. Now, when this epistle was penned, the apostle Paul was expecting and hoping that he would live to see the parousia or the coming of Christ. He lived and worked for the Lord in anticipation of his return. And even though he did not know when it was coming, because according to scriptures in Matthew 24, 36, no one knows when Jesus is coming back. But regardless, the apostle Paul never gave up hope. Even as he grew older and even as his chances of being in the group of the living surviving ones was dwindling, the apostle Paul was watching and waiting and looking for the Lord's return. He had a deep yearning for the coming of the Lord. It was the apostle Paul who wrote in Titus chapter two, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22, If anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. Maranatha. And Maranatha just simply means in Aramaic, O Lord, come. Paul had an attitude of great expectancy and hope. And in spite of all the sufferings, afflictions, the grief and persecutions, the apostle Paul wanted to give the saints hope. He didn't want them to be grieving without hope or discouraged, or he didn't want them to throw in the towel or to give up. They were his joy and the saints were a blessing in the apostle Paul's life. So he writes to them, these encouraging words to bring them hope, assurance, and comfort. And that truth applies and speaks to us today, even in our lives, in the midst of chaos, confusion, oppression, and a whole lot of trouble that we see all around us. And in some countries where the saints are enduring severe persecution, We are still alive. We are the remaining remnant. And we too must look and wait and be ready for the return of Jesus with a great expectant hope. And I don't know about you, but I am looking and watching with eagerness and anticipation. And every chance I get, I tell people everywhere, Jesus is coming back again. It could happen any moment at any time. It could happen during this radio broadcast or podcast. We all need to be watching and waiting. Luke puts it this way in chapter 12, 37. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Every believer ought to be on a continual watch every second, every minute, every hour, looking out and prepared for the Lord's return. We must be ready and a prepared people. In the book of Matthew, verse 24, 44, the Bible says, For this reason, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. 
We don't know when this will happen, but we can rest assured it will happen and be equally assured that we need to be ready at all times to meet the Lord Jesus. We must be faithfully praying and crying out day and night for the return of the Lord. In Luke 18 verse 8, the word says, but when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? Are we going to be among the faithful ones or the departed ones? The Bible declares that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Some will abandon and withdraw from the faith they once professed. Let that not be named among us. We will decide in our hearts. We will live in an awareness that Jesus can return in any moment. Dr. Charles Stanley once said, the most respected and powerful people in Christ's coming kingdom will be the ones who have proven themselves most obedient, wise, and faithful here on earth. That gives us an amazing motivation to live a strong life in the center of God's will while we have breath in our lungs. The coming of Christ is certain to take place. It is not a matter of if, but when. And we, the living saints, in this moment in time, ought to be living godly lives while we watch and wait for the return of Jesus. The Apostle Paul admonishes the saints in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 to live a holy life and to abstain from fornication. And in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 12, the Apostle Paul writes, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and in a godly manner in this present age. We must live for Jesus Christ now more than ever before. Charles Spurgeon put it this way, what a check, what an incentive, what a bridle, what a spur. Such thoughts as these would be to us. Take this for the guide of your life. Act as if Jesus would come during the act in which you are engaged. And if you would not wish to be caught in that act by the coming of the Lord, let it not be your act. So we pray today that the Lord will make us an obedient, godly people that are prepared for his coming. We are waiting and watching every moment with a sense of expectancy for the return of Jesus Christ. And we have a great expectant hope because all believers will see Jesus. And we talked about the living saints. Now, what about the dead saints? What happens to them? In our foundational text, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 15b, it states, we will not proceed. And in the King James Version, it says, prevent those who have fallen asleep. The word proceed in this text means to come before, to anticipate, or to arrive at. The Apostle Paul is saying, we, the living remaining remnant, will not get any special privileges or advantages over those that are asleep. 
they too will see Jesus at his return. Now let's look at some practical applications for this lesson. Number one, read and meditate on scriptures that are pertaining to the Lord's coming. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses 15 to 18. John chapter 14, verses one to three. And Matthew chapter 24, verse 44. Number two, invest time studying the word of God and obey the word. Number three, for new believers, find a Bible teaching church that teaches the whole comprehensive truth of God's word. And you might ask Bible teacher Tyler, who is this Jesus that is coming back again? Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for salvation that's taking place all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.